Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, Sunday. Rangers rabble. Open to all. How are we? Uh, tonight, I'm joined by Stuart, Craig and Care. Martin's lurking around in the background telling me off because it's my fault we're late. <laughs> I've had technological issues, but we're here, raring to go. How are we all? Good evening to everyone. I like it when the comments come in and say good evening to all of us. Right, Stuart, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yourself? I'm all right. Well, actually, I'm a little bit tired. I've had like a couple of days, like too, too much whiskey. I was <laughs> celebrating the rugby. I was celebrating the rugby yesterday, and I know Kate is absolutely desperate to talk about it. So we'll come on to that in a bit. Oh. <laughs> Craig, how are you? All good, mate. All good. Looking forward to the well. Say not looking forward to the last week at work before a nice little break. Cool. In terms of international sport, actually, Craig, where do your allegiances lie? Because I know a lot of people will probably be very confused the fact that an English speaker was supporting Scotland, but that's family. That's uh, that's where we are. Where what, where are you? For most things, it's England. But I was saying to the guys before we came on, there's not a lot of sport outside of football that I actually really follow. Um, the Ryder Cup, maybe when that's on, I'll follow that for a couple of days. Rugby, I'm neither here nor there. Cricket, neither here nor there. Um, more NFL than anything else really okay that's really boring care <laughs> how are you i'm all right scotty but don't ask about rugby because it's it's something i just do not watch i just don't like oh, no, in, in this I'm, only teasing. I'm only teasing for our viewers who are now tuning in in their droves we're not going to be talking about we're going to talk about rangers and you may be surprised to know. And actually, when I completely forgot I was doing this, I was like scrambling around for topics. Um, but all you have to do is actually probably go on a bit of social media. And everyone's like talking about stuff and probably having a bit of a moan. And I will go on to that in a bit. But sure, I just wanted to get your thoughts on yesterday. It wasn't the best performance, but that's another win. I mean, Mick Bill's record since he's, oh, sorry, Michael Bill's record since he's coming has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is the positive again that it's you know it's another it's another victory and you know at the game, um, I, I got the feeling that again that was probably maybe a game under Geo where we don't pick up the the, the three points. Um, I, it'll be interesting to kind of get people's thoughts as as we we go go through the pod. I I, I thought it was. A kind of lacklustre performance in many ways. I thought the manager's uh, press conference after after the game was was really interesting. We talked about the subs that he made, and actually, you know, where we 
was there too many attacking players on the pitch? Actually, at one point, you know, he was kind of feeling that, you know, maybe he actually just overloaded it and, you know, they were all running into kind of similar spaces that, you know, that they would like, certainly too many touches. I, I'm a big believer that um, this Rangers team, well, actually, the past, and even under Gerard and certainly under Gio, if they play with pace and tempo, they win games. And I think we've seen that on Wednesday night against Hearts. The pace and the tempo was there. The press was there. I just didn't think it, it was there at all. Um, you know, we flashes towards the end of the, the first half where we built up a wee bit of momentum, got got the goal, stuff like that. But then I think there was just large periods of the game where you know that tempo um, just kind of dropped off again. Um, and a lot of side sideways and passing backwards again, I thought, crept into it. So I think the positive is that there's a, it's a victory. I don't be nice to go to Ibrooks and actually see us put in a performance like we did against Hearts. I think, you know, but we're not seeing that quite at the moment. Hopefully it will come. Uh, but as you say, I think he's, you know, you can't fault his record, uh, certainly since he's came in. You're on mute, You're on Scotty. You're on mute, Scotty. I know. <laughs> I was getting carried away there. So I'm a little bit tired, so you'll have to excuse me. But you raised so many good points there because um, you talk about comparing Hearts to Ross County, and I, I don't see that as a like for like because Hearts actually came out and they opened up the game for us to allow us the space to play tempo against Ross County and probably any other any other team out with them that comes to Ibrox they're always going to sit in so you do have to play that bit of chess and move those pieces around the board in order to try and get around them and we're not quite there yet because we're not zipping it around but I I think it would be a little bit harsh just to to just to jump in there, but I just want to touch on the. I'm going to put this point to Craig and Scott because you made a very good point about uh, too many tacking players on the pitch, time and time again. And we must have said this over the past couple of years. You know, we don't need two holding midfielders, but we see what happens when we've only got one. We've got all these attacking players. It looks a bit disjointed and a bit too open. So actually, Craig, do actually is it? a necessity, like a necessary evil that we have these two holding midfielders. Yeah, I think Michael Beale referenced it yesterday. I think he, he made the claims that he did because he noticed that Ross County had started the game a bit more open. So he kind of felt, well, I'll came to that by putting another attacker on rather than Kamara. And then Ross County seemed to change their game plan and went more defensive when we had, and like Stuart said, we had at times we had too many players finding the same space. Um, whereas maybe the two sitting in would have negated that. I think the two sitting in can work because it then allows the two fullbacks to get forward. So you do sort of then have an extra one or two attackers, but then they fill the gap. I think yesterday it was quite tight because we were trying to have the two fullbacks go forward and have the five forward players play. So you've sort of got seven, sometimes seven players in the same space trying to trying to get the ball and trying to get through the 10 that Ross County had. Um, so it did seem like it was very disjointed. And I think that's probably where the manager made the change in the second half, bringing Kamara on to try and rectify the balance a little bit. Even even so, Kat, is is this not something that perhaps we should persist with? I, I don't I don't I don't see the problem having too many attacking players in the field. I think if they're going to do it more often they'll get used to it. And I also think I wasn't at the game yesterday, but I managed to see it. And I think if we take the chances we created, nobody's wondering about that situation because the game's already won. We didn't take our chances. We created quite a lot. Yeah, some of the stuff we were going, still going wide and lost counting, we're eating that up because of two big lads in the centre. And the more we went through the middle and tried to break through lines, it was there. It was just maybe the extra touch with somebody. Like maybe Campbell, Kent, Tillman taking that wee bit of extra touch. Fashion was quite wasteful yesterday. Marielis was, I thought, was good again. He only never scored, but I thought he was decent. I didn't see the, I didn't see the point in the goal. We can see there was nothing to do with the attacking players in the park. It was just by goalkeeping. So I don't see what we can say was too many attacking players. I thought Kamara kind of upset a wee bit when they come on, but that was just my opinion of the match. I, 
I didn't see the point. I didn't see the negative I have none of these players because I think, like you said, against Hearts, that was open. Hearts came and came to go toe to toe, and the game was open for us. I mean, we played them perfectly because the space was there and we exploited it. Most counties, but anybody at home in a different kettle of fish, unless you're playing Celtic, because they'll come to go as the other teams don't. So you're going to have to try different things. So to me, even having two midfielders sitting midfielders yesterday, no, I don't like that way they're playing. So I think we're going to have to get used to playing one. There's no point in playing two. It's pointless when you're at home. These teams do sit in. So I, I don't want to maybe play two in Europe and maybe play two away at Celtic Park. Apart from that, I would stick to one. Everybody's got their game. You see how well Lawrence can get back and defend and Tillman does the same. So you don't need two sitters. Hmm. One thing I noticed as well is Cantwell's not exactly averse to putting in the the hard yards. And he, he I mean, he constantly moves and he... I actually quite just enjoy watching him play and he's just always ghosting into these pockets and picking up some really good areas and always get the ball, but it's really encouraging to see. But um, in terms of, Stuart, in terms of uh, Michael Beale and I suppose his changes throughout the game and the tactical tweaks and substitutions. Now, I was really struggling with it and I could work out that whether that was because I was supremely hungover or actually some of the stuff that he didn't, didn't quite actually make sense, but I don't have the eye or probably the brain the way that Michael Beale does. And I've seen it before where he'll he'll bring on an extra midfielder instead of an attacker when he's chasing the game, but you can actually see the, the method in that. Um, so I've actually got a couple of points, and one of those is, is those. But also touching on uh, Cholak, I actually thought that yesterday was probably a prime time to actually stick Cholak and Morales up top. But he again, he shied away from it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's mentioned that he's going to do it, and yet we haven't haven't really seen it. I, I suppose one thing that might have just played in to that was the fact that how well Sakala and Morelos have been playing recently, and you know, is, is it fair to kind of to, to drop one of them, break that break that up? Particularly, you know, the, the, I thought both of them were excellent against against Hearts on Wednesday night. So, um, Cholak looks as if he needs minutes now, so I think you know he'll, he'll definitely get that against Partick Thistle. You know, I think he just needs needs some game time now. He can try to hopefully get back up, up to speed. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, I, like I say, I thought his, his press conference was really interesting. You know, when obviously Lundstrom gets injured, he, he said to himself that even his own staff were probably expecting Kamara to be the one that comes off the bench. But yeah, it goes it goes with Tillman. And while I can, I think we will continue to play with two two midfielders, but I think it's who those midfielders are now. And I thought what we've seen with Raskin and his small cameo is even if you're playing two, he looks as if he's got something that the others don't in terms of not only can he win the ball back, but he likes to get forward as well. You know, he won the ball and immediately his first thought is to get forward. He's played plays with his head up, making forward passes. So I think we will still see two, but I think maybe the makeup and actually just his introduction might just change that kind of midfield dynamic so that actually there is still still some forward movement. But yeah, look, I, I think we had, a, we had a manager previously in Gio who was quite rigid, I felt, in terms of what he was doing. I think what you know with Michael Beale is that, you know, if he needs to make changes, I mean, we've seen him make three subs at one time, four subs at one time and stuff like that. So um, he's, he's clearly... Um, what was he said yesterday? You no, know, he's a fan as well. So I actually just thought he'd mix it up a wee bit by bringing on Tillman. So um, you know, yeah, he's he, he's clearly a, a thinker of the game, um, and you know, I, he's getting the results. So we can't complain at the moment. Yeah, probably introducing uh, the the guy I'm going to mention next a little bit earlier than I would like. But Craig Raskin, is it possible to fall in love after ten minutes? Mate, when I saw the picture of him the other day holding the shirt up, I told my girlfriend that I've now got a fourth love in my life. There was her, the cat, the baby on the way, and now Raskin. My actual, my actual, my actual words to her were, "He's so pretty," um, with that blue shirt in his arms. But yeah, it was ten minutes. You're, you're gonna get the neighbours talking. <laughs> yeah, I think I put a, a message on the chat yesterday, basically, just to say within a couple of minutes, I was like, "We've got a player," because there was one moment where he won the ball, run about 20 yards with it and just glided along the pitch. It was like, if this is what he's like with 10 minutes and not even any training in him, then Jesus, we're going to have a, we're going to have one out of a player once he gets up to speed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
the, for me, if if he continues to do that, and that is his normal standard game, then it, it's just a, it's a new dynamic that we've got on the pitch because this is what I was expecting from Lundstrom. Someone to pick the ball up deep and drive forward and be positive, either with the passes or actually running with the ball because I know you've got that old adage that uh, the ball moves quicker than yourself. But if you take the take it past man, you take you can you've got the ability to take a couple of players out of the game. That's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think Raskin did say himself when he was younger he played as a striker. So I think obviously he's played up there, so he kind of knows that end of the park relatively well. Whereas I agree with you on Lundstrom. I think I think Lundstrom's better further up the park. I think when he's told to sit, I think he can cause us issues because he gets caught in the ball quite a lot and. He gets caught with the ball over the top because he's not the quickest. So I probably say I prefer John further up the park. But no, I think if Rasen come in and obviously it'll take it'll take him time to get into equation with his teammates and get into Scottish the Scottish football and the way we play and stuff. But the ten minutes you seen yesterday look good, but you can't judge him on ten minutes, can you? I know a lot of people are, but you can't judge him in ten minutes. You can only say as of this moment in time he looks really good, but give him ten games at least. Oh right, Kat. I've got a problem with this because I was I was really yeah, happy. I don't, that. Want, I don't want to play one game of this. Oh, he's rotten. I can all fans are like <laughs> ten minutes and I'm in love, and then you're telling me I'm being ridiculous. Where's the fun in that? There's none. Must have we've all got our own opinion. I just tell him ten games. Look at Chola. I mean, he was all of everybody's life at the start of the season. You get people saying now we should just get a deal. Stuff like he looks on fat, he looks, he's just not a lot of games recently. So until he gets another run of games, he has to has to kind of prove himself to the fans again, doesn't he? It's just fans' opinions, they change all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm in love. Anyway, right. So another guy who apparently I can't fall in love with because he hasn't played 10 games yet. Todd Cantwell, Craig. I mean the guy just looks class. I, I I was actually sitting to myself watching it because I watched the Norwich play uh, Burnley just before our game, and Norwich were completely devoid of like any kind of style or anything. In fact, they've got Kenny McLean making errors left, right, and centre in the middle of the park. Todd Cantwell looks a player. He's he's just got that something about him. And I tongue in cheek make comments say he looks like a bit like a budget Jack Grealish, but. He's so good to watch. He's so he's 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 just got that unique bit of football charisma about him that I just you just absolutely love. And when you've got guys like him, Tillman, Kent, all on the park at the same time, you can't help but get excited. But then you worry about like, are we going to sacrifice some kind of like graft or uh, aggression there? But again, he's he's got it. I mean, for a wee guy, he's 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 not afraid to stick the foot in. No, he's not afraid to uh, chase the ball and get the ball back. Um, I think we said the other night he'll win us plenty of free kicks. I think that's where the Jack Grealish comparison came from. Um, you can just tell that he has played Premier League football, but also I think we mentioned yesterday that the the true comparison is more championship to our level because it's sort of a very similar physical league. Um, you don't really get a lot of time on the ball and you can tell he's played a lot of games at that level as well. And within a week, he looks like number one who once he gets up to speed um yeah movement off the ball is is brilliant once he gets up to speed and and gets Beagle's coaching really behind him he's going to be he's going to be a superstar he certainly is listen i'm just like diving into the comments there because someone's telling me that i haven't actually looked at the comments i have looked at the comments and like this one i'm really sorry i don't understand this am i missing something like what Stephen, right back in and tell me what you mean by that because I've got absolutely no idea. But just out of interest, and I thought it was weird, I'm actually going to Thailand at the start of March. I thought you might be stalking me. But, um, right, where's where's the other one? Yeah, anyway, looking at the comments. Uh, Stuart, what's your take on Campwell? I think the comment there about his movement is absolutely spot on. You know, he, he constantly finds space. You know, he's, he's looking so... Um, I. He looks a, a, a right good player, and you know, and he, as you say, you know, he looks as if he, you can absolutely tell that he's played at a, a higher level um, than, than the, the Scottish Premier League. Um, 
but yeah, his movement is first class. I thought his little touch to then just before he, you know, he dinked that ball in for for the opening goal was sensational. You know, just keeping his balance at left, you know, just touch with his left foot, and and you know, and he's he's not just he stood that ball up absolutely perfectly for, for Tillman to come in, you know, with that header. So I think yeah, we're we've got a player on our hands. Um, I I put an earth chat. Uh, yesterday at half time at the game, and you know, see what people think about this in, in the comments, stuff like that. The slight concern I have with all their attacking players is I think they all like a touch of the ball. And again, as someone who I, I feel we need pace and tempo, I just want worry sometimes that actually they're taking too many touches of, of, of the ball, which is allowing teams maybe to get back into shape and stuff like that. I think when you see when they play quick, so nice wee ball into Morelos, lovely wee round the corner. Great touch, that that's that sort of goal, and I think we've seen that against Hearts as well. So interesting to get what people's thoughts on, on that are. But in terms of Cantwell, you know, for a guy that hasn't played a lot of football recently, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what the, the remainder of the season holds for him because, uh, um, you know, uh, he looks a, a very good player. Yeah, Kurt, you can fire fire in there and get give your thoughts on that one as well. I think he can't be. We all knew what he had in locker, didn't we? we? We've seen him in the championship and. We seen what he was like, and it was just does he only come up here and replicate that? And so far he has, but he does look classy. It's, it's his body shape when he's receiving the ball; it, it just doesn't look for it. He knows when it's coming, and he knows where he's going. He knows what to take it on left or right when he's on the move. He's oh, receiving the ball on the half turn, absolutely love it. Middle of the park opens right. up the game so straight away, fantastic. I mean, he looks up, so he's no when he gets it, he knows where the ball is going after it's after it hits him. So. The boy's a, a really good football player. He's physically quite strong. You've seen that with players trying to take him. He against Hearts, but he got his snog grass that was trying to grab hold of him and he just shrugged him off. And Listen, he's a he's a footballer that was worth £20-odd million with English media a few seasons ago, so you don't get to that level at that young an age and then you suddenly become a bad player. Obviously, at Norwich, things are bent wrong, but that's Norwich's problem. That's not ours. And he's come up here to prove himself again, as in to say to people who doubted him. I've still got it, and listen, it's only it's going to be a win one for us because no matter what he does, we're going to see the benefits of it. Def- definitely. I think I've always thought this that just because uh, it's, English football has this weird gap between like the Premiership and the Championship, the Championship is that much of hard graft. Sometimes a luxury player isn't suited, but sometimes they're not good enough to get into the top six where they really flourish, and they're still no good at the bottom end of the Premiership. And that's definitely a market that. I think we can benefit from these players. They can only get better, but actually we give them the perfect platform to showcase their stuff. Um, I just wanted to touch on as well, right? Going back to this, I've had it explained now. Stephen's being rude. He's talking about girls or boys or probably both in Thailand and falling in love in 10 minutes. That's your experience. I don't think my wife will approve of that but I'll let you know when I get back. Um, so uh, do, do we go back to Malik Tillman as well? So when you've got Kent, who we obviously want to sign a new deal, is that unanimous? All right, we're all politely nodding. You can take yourselves off mute if you want. <laughs> we've got Cantwell, who looks a player, and then we've got Malik Tillman. No-brainer. Five million quid, got to get it signed. Yes, Scotty. Yes, yes, absolutely. Do we need to have a Do we need to have a conversation around that? No. Right. Okay. The more we don't play together, the more they'll they end up playing really well and understanding each other. You seen it? You seen it? Now? I think it was yesterday after the game. I don't know if it was can't be done at Tolman, but in social media, they were a picture together and they were saying the bonds getting stronger or something. So I think. Good players are always going to play well together. And I think the way they see them play interchanging, they've got a freedom. They can go left or right and they all can create, they all can score. And you've seen it yesterday with Tolman's ball when he played in Tar. I mean, Tar should actually, he should have a shot in target, but put it right over. But just if the team can create something or nothing, and if you've got the three in the park, it's going to put, no matter who you're playing, it's going to put the opposition team on the back foot at times because they'll be thinking, do we go? Do we put two in him? Do we put two in him? I don't know where to go at times, so it will leave space for us to play. Ibrox, it's different because teams come and sit in, but at home grounds, 
they don't want to do that as much because they've got their own fans there. Mm. Well, exactly. Read an interesting stat today to say that he's he's pretty much matched Aribo's best ever season in terms of goals and assists already. Um, you know, and I think a lot of Rangers fans felt that the, the, the price that we got for Aribo and yeah, I know that was contract, but you know, it was worth it was worth more than that. So if if that's the case, then picking up Tillman for for five million pounds is an absolute no brainer to me because if this is his first full season really playing professional football, I mean, what, what does next season hold? So, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd write the check right now if, if we could. Yeah, exactly. And I hope that's what's happening in the background. Um, Craig, we want to take this next one to you because at the start, I mentioned this, there's always something people are moaning about. Right, so I'm going to do like the show in a bit of a shit sandwich. So we've talked about something positive. We've talked a couple of things positive. I'm going to go to the Dower Brummy or the guy from the black country, because I love a good moan, right? Now, we're all impressed by Raskin and his 10-minute cameo, but what did he do to the socks? Yeah, I didn't really notice at first until later on. I did like his little uh, his little Twitter post last night that he said about he's apparently going to fix them. Um, I don't know, but for me, if, if, if he plays like that for 90 minutes, mate, he can run on with no socks. Um, I don't really care. Um People are always going to moan. People would moan if they got nothing to moan about. So, if that if that's all we've got to argue about, oh, I'm sure there's other things. But um, oh no, there is. I've got a list. <laughs> I'm not. I'm genuinely, not genuinely did though. I mean, there, there was a lot of people moaning and I, I broke yesterday about his about his socks. Unbelievably. But yes, yeah. regardless of what he was doing with the ball, their their prime focus was why is he not wearing black socks. But he was, but he was wearing black socks. This is what I found like highly amusing. He yeah. actually took the socks, but he left a bit at the top, like you know when you fold it over, and there was a little bit at the bottom, and he had his like white socks underneath. I was like, why has he even done that? <laughs> like you know, like the footballers cut them off at the bottom, and I actually think manufacturers actually produce them that way as well now too. Yeah. Why did he just get those? And someone must have like looked at him in the dressing room and gone like, what are you doing, mate? That looks absolutely stupid. Um, other thing to mind about. So I've I've seen on Twitter over the last couple of days, Raskin socks, the atmosphere not being good enough, and uh, people leaving early. Stuart, what time did you leave yesterday? Hey, I always stay to the end. So uh, right, yeah, we, right. We can go to you. Then. What's your opinion on that? I mean, K didn't even bother going to the game. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let him come in and defend himself in a bit then. Um, it's, I, I've actually said now that not only are we going to have the Subway loyal, we'll also have the new Edmonston House loyal who will probably go leave early so that they can go in and get a pint um, you know, without, without the queue. Um, it, it's not going to change. In terms of the atmosphere, yeah, it was a bit subdued, I thought, yesterday, but I'm a big believer that you need the players on the pitch to, to get going. You know, it's a, it's a two-way, two-way street with, with regards to that. Um, people are going to leave early, you know. It is. It, it's not ever going to change, um, you know. So um, I don't. I, I, I don't see why people really get that that worked up about it. It's you know people are allowed to make a choice, aren't they? So you know, let them go on with it. But it's not for me. I, I, I stay at the end. I mean, does it bother anyone else? It clearly yeah. does on social media. Yeah. I'm just wondering if like, we've got someone here that actually. I mean, I, I'll never understand it because, let's face it, you you have one game of football a week and you leave 10 minutes early. That's 10% of what you paid for. Like, the, why? Why would you leave? Why, why would you go to a restaurant, pay 100 quid for a meal and leave 10% of it? I don't understand that. I always get that. Everybody get that. Folk have always, for as long as I went to football, folk have always left there, even when it was a terrace. And it's even like, I sat back when I used to sit in the coven. And the, the boy sat next to us. He always left at half time because he was work. He worked, so he'd always have a come for the first half because he was working. So he always had to leave at half time, which we used to always laugh at. But he always knew these things again. They came for the first half because that's what he wanted. That's what he had to do. Do you know what I mean? So there's always all different reasons. And the guys that sit in front of us now, they always leave just before half time and don't appear back for the second half. So I don't know where they go. The so, pub. 
probably. So everybody's different. I mean, the boy sat, the boy, the boy sat along for us. Oh, he, he said he came in he, before he came up the stairs. He said it's freezing. Can't remember what game it was. So he just left and went to the other one. Watched the game in there because it was nice and warm. We got a bit of a pint. But he, he, he came in with smart card and left again. People are just. The Rangers don't care if you come in and they don't come in and see if you pay for your season ticket. They've got the money anyway. But no, oh. I go, if I, I'm, I'm the same as Stuart. If I go, I might leave at 9 and walk down the stairs because I'm up the very back row. But then I get down there, it's a final whistle anyway. So Maybe yeah. maybe if we had a better, better transport system as well. You know, let's be honest, yeah. people are wanting to try and go onto the subway or trying to shoot off. Right. You know, the roads around the Ibrox and stuff like that. Maybe if we actually, you know, that dormant train station that's sitting you know not being used again you know maybe that would encourage people to stay a bit longer so i can understand why some people do it you know they, they want to kind of mix the crowds and stuff like that but it's, it, it's not going to change craig do you turn the tally off after 80 minutes well it depends on the score <laughs> um, now what i what i tend to do is i tend to go and sit and go and stand in the garden so i don't have to watch the last 10 minutes um that's more just my that's just more my um my nervousness getting the better of me. I've done it in the past, like uh, I've I've been to games and I've sort of walked up towards the steps as the last couple of minutes to then as soon as the whistle goes you down the stairs. Um, but no, I, I've never left a game. Actually, left a game early. I did see on Twitter some chap was moaning that somebody had travelled up from London, gone for twenty minutes, decided he didn't like it, and left left after twenty minutes, which that I thought. Scary. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, I can sort of understand people leaving a few minutes early, but not after like twenty minutes. But <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I wouldn't go to a, I wouldn't go to a film and leave it, leave ten minutes before the end. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you love your Marvel stuff, and they've got that bit behind the extra credits. So. I always, I always, I always stay and always look at people like, why are you leaving? You know, it's Marvel. There's going to be, there's going to be a scene at the end. Yeah. Um, right. Going back to football. I mean, Martin's away in the comments, like doing his things. He's actually supposed to be watching a movie with his missus. So I want everyone in the comments to like tell Martin to bugger off and like go and spend some time with his wife. Um, but back to football. So I actually put a really good comment in there about Lawrence as well. I mean, Lawrence is still, I mean, Lawrence and Hadji, you could probably go for both of them. Like, well, it's a luxury, luxury that we've, we've now got from, you know, a few weeks ago, where it felt like we didn't have any attacking players, but now we've got uh, all these all these players and Lawrence and Hadji potentially coming back in uh, before the end of the season. Where do they fit in, Stuart? Yeah, it's, it's, a nice problem. Like, it's a nice problem to have for the manager, doesn't it? I think we're in a north. I'm probably saying a normal season, but maybe like in a in a season where we've you know maybe still got Europe or something like that, and and you know. There's, there's more chance of playing three games a week, then I think we'll absolutely see rotation come into it. I think he will have to try and figure out who who works well with, with one another. You know, if he is going to play that three in behind, what's his preferred three? I think we'll, you know, we'll need to see that. Um, but yeah, look, he's, he's got a, a, lot of, a lot of options there and we'd rather be in that position than... Than not having them, um, how he keeps them all happy is is go, is not going to be easy. But you know that's why he gets paid the big bucks, and he'll need to do that. But I think in a more, uh, like say, we, we've got a gap now where it's just one game a week. So we, you know, I don't think rotation. I think he mentioned that yesterday as well that you know we won't see as much rotation now because players won't need rested or you know given a break or anything like that. But you know, hopefully next season, um, you know, if we've got Europe after Christmas, then we, we need to we need a squad. I think we're all in agreement on this point that the squad probably does need trimmed. Um, I think there's there's too many, but you know you're talking about players that are, are going to be here next season. So um, yeah, he's if you get the shot, you're going to have to perform because you're going to have somebody sitting on that bench who's going to be desperate to take it off you. Speaking so, of the bench, if Lawrence is fat, Lawrence win that team. Do you reckon? Where where would you play? Tom Lawrence can play various positions. He, he sat in the centre for Derby at times, so he could probably play him as a. I don't have to play two holders. Play asking and play him. 
both of them like to go forward, but both of them can put tackles in. I've been a bomb if they two played there. Lawrence is an experienced professional. He's been around the circuit. He knows how to put a dig. I mean, look at the cards he got in England with tackling. And I'm not saying he's a bad tackler just because he was he's quite tough, but he could sit in the middle of the park. He could easily play Kent, Camp Mellon, Tolman in front, Maskin and Lawrence behind, and whoever's the striker up top. Oh, this is you back and forth manager with the gung ho tactic, isn't it? Or is that yeah. FIFA or whatever it is? Yeah, I think Warren's offers you that he, he likes a, a shot from outside the box as well, you know. So it's, it's adding another dynamic to it. Whereas at the moment, you know, sometimes we get Lundstrom have, having a pop, but really nobody else is doing that. The manager talked about the fact that we're taking, you know, trying to score the perfect goal. Lawrence will have a dig. He's got his that confidence. So again, you might be right there that, you know, that's another element that could be added to our midfield if he if he's playing. I said, I can add a Lundstrom and Jack. Jack is only one I would keep. I think you could get money for Kamara and Lundstrom. Right, Jack, but that yeah. isn't the reason to keep Jack. You want to keep the best players. Why not Ryan Jack? I don't think he's the best player. But he fits in your squad. He can fit in your squad really well. We all know he really can play, plus he helps with the Scottish quota. But if you've got Lawrence here and Baskin there, you can keep Jack as well. Kamara and Lundstrom you can make money for. Yeah, but you need, you need to get the But then, I, I, yeah, I can see your point. I can see the merits for keeping him. But then there's there's an awful lot that outweighs reasons not to keep him. Jack, for me, is better. I prefer Dwayne Jack to Lundstrom. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. But I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, was that, I mean, that's a really interesting one because I want to, I want to come to Curry's um, point. It's a really, really good point. Now, I didn't actually catch Beale's post-match presser. If I did, I didn't listen to it properly because a, I was hungover, and b, I had like a, my missus like talking to me. So sometimes I don't pay attention to everything. Um, Craig, did you catch the presser? And did you pick up on this? No, I didn't pick up on that. Um, I'd have to probably watch it back and. See if that I can't think of the five subs that came on. I can't think of any that seemed to play for themselves. But I mean, it's a really um, unless Curry notices anyone different. But I I, I don't didn't pick up on that. Um, going back to the um, midfield role, I've just taken a quick note of if six players that will be there next season, and you could have you could be in a situation where you got no Jack Arfield Davis. And Kamara all out the door, and then you've still got six midfielders left. Um, who the midfield then isn't as bloated as it currently is. I think we've known since the transfer window closed with the two coming in that that would put us quite bloated until the end of the season. Um, but I think the plan will be that it will be trimmed with at least two going out, um, but in a contract, and then possibly another one or two being sold. Yeah, just picking up some of the points that. If, if we're actually looking at the three midfielders who actually effectively do a very similar role, but then Kat, just to contradict what you said, that you prefer Lundstrom playing further forward, so maybe we get the best out of him playing further forward. Yeah, but then I, I, prefer, I prefer Lundstrom better if I get money for him. But I think he's a sellable asset. He's only got a year left. And I think the one you get from you get him off the wage ball because it is quite high. You could bring in somebody else. Who do you, who I don't I don't say anyone buying him. I mean, Stuart, what's your thoughts? You're, you're like saying Yeah, I, I think there would I think there would be plenty of teams down south who would take Lundstrom. Um, I suppose though, you know, does he want to leave? You know, I think he's he seems quite settled. I know he's just had, you know, I think he's had a. a Kid when he was up here as well, so you know, I I, I agree. I would I would offer Ryan Jack a, a new contract, but I think it would be on the basis that he's aware that you know because of his injury record and the fact that we do probably need to manage him, that he, he's probably maybe getting twenty twenty five games a season in my mind. I don't know if I would always be having him as a starter, but I think he is a. He's certainly very useful to have in and around the squad. And you tend to notice that when it comes to the big games, Ryan Jack gets picked, you know. So I think that tells you, you know, how well he's thought of, 
with, with by the management team and stuff like that, and certainly within the dressing room. But I think yeah, if he does get it, I think he, he's 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 more of a squad player that I think he would become rather than a, a, an actual starter. But in Lundstrom, I think there would be clubs willing to take him. Would they? Offer him the same money that he's getting here, all those sort of thing. And does he want to leave? You know, that th- those would be things that we'd need to consider. But uh, Kamara, I-, I thought Kamara was a certainty to go, I have to say. Mm, I still think he probably will leave in the summer because um, I think he probably wants a fresh challenge. The only thing that's making me slightly doubt that is I think he has a, he's another one that has a really good relationship with Beal. So that could factor it. But he is a sellable asset. He is. We've got him in a decent contract, so we could make some decent money on him. Even so, I think sometimes we demonstrate far too much loyalty or there's there's something about behavioural bias around someone that's that's been sticking around for a while. And albeit Lundstrom's like fairly new in the door, Kamara is one that maybe it would benefit him and us to freshen things up and actually just get some rotation in there and, and a replacement. And albeit, I know he's got a good relationship probably with Beal, but we could actually benefit from, particularly with the amount of cash that we would get from him, actually having some freshness and a new midfielder in there. And, you know, talking about 10 minutes of being in love with Raskin, if we can get another player like him in the, in on the books, then absolutely. Now, Mark, I, I don't know. I think there's a similar conversation to be had about Morelos then, in that regard. You know, is it time to say, actually, you know, you're, thanks very much, you know, for your service, but actually we're going to go in a slightly different, just freshen it up a wee bit, you know, I, do, do, do does he get another new contract and then you know we're a, a year down the line and suddenly he has a bit of a bad attitude again or he starts putting on the weight and we all do that so I think there's a similar conversation to be had with Morelos in, in, in that garden in terms of freshening things up yeah yeah uh, I, I totally agree but with as far as Morelos goes he's broken my heart too many times and my old heart can't take it anymore um Kerr, what I wanted to talk to you about is something that I completely forgot what I was actually going to mention. <laughs> so, so I'm like, oh, shit, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely stuffed. Right, that was it. Um, goalkeeper situation. It reared its ugly head again um, on yesterday. Now, we could talk about goalkeeper rotation or we could just talk about the fact that why has it not been a priority? Well, easy. The Rangers keep McGregor and keep McLaughlin. Listen, I've said for I've said the last eighteen months McLaughlin was a number one. A few years, maybe not you, Stuart or Craig, but I think you did quite a bit, wasn't you? But on Bassy, me saying you have to give him a chance. We all gave him a chance, and he's still proving he's not number one. Listen, McGregor's well know he's finished. They all know he's that's will be his last season. But until now, at the end of the season, you have to put just you just have to play one goalie. He's not going to give McCrory a chance. He's not had a chance now. He's not going to get one before the end of the season, unless it's against Thistle, which I still don't see. So you stick with McGregor between now and the end of the season. Stop changing the keepers. Doesn't help the defence. It doesn't help the goalies either. Because we one meet they're in, one meet they're out. Stop changing. Just keep a settled keeper in there. Mistakes or no, just keep a settled goalie in. But make sure in the summer we go out and get two. Because we need two. We don't need one. We need two. Yeah. Yeah, but then when, when you have that argument, who's going to come in as a backup keeper? Well, Liam Kelly's been mentioning he? a few times. But he was so. already a backup keeper and he didn't want to stick around for it. Or are you saying bring him in as a number one? No. Number exactly. exactly. Well, that's exactly what he is. That's what he is, eh? He's no number one for him, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, whether you go back the way, I'm not I'm not too sure. But do you give, uh, Stuart, do you give McCrory a chance? He's injured, isn't he, at the moment? I think Bill said he's still about three or four weeks away. He's got an ankle ligament problem that is, it's not kind of clearing up. So I, I, I would have thought next weekend would have been prime opportunity for him to get that game. Um, but that's not going to happen. So, you know, he, he, he said there, I, I, again, this I think goes back to why we re-signed all three of them, to be honest. You know, he's, he's talking there that, he rested McGregor yesterday because he's you no know, had three games within a week and stuff like that. 
that to me is a clear sign. Well, why did we re-sign him? You know, we we were going into this season hoping to be playing, still being in European football and, and so on and so forth. So we, we knew fine well that there was, we, or we hoped there was a chance that we would be playing three games uh, a week. If, if McGregor isn't up to that, then, you know, why, why re-sign him? Um, he stated now that because we've not got, it's just, you know, weekend games that will be the kind of end of the the rotation for the for the time being. So I think we expect, as Kerr says, that it will be Alan McGregor um, till really till the end of the season. Um, and it's I think it's just unfortunate for McCrory that he's not had that chance because he's picked up this injury. Because um, yeah, I I'd like to see what he can do over a a a, a, a kind of a period time rather than you know we got I know we got an old fun game out and we're in a European game here and there, but we've not we've not really seen him whether or not we think actually is he good enough I don't know some some of his loan spells haven't really been been that great um, but mm. it, it needs to be McGregor till the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's fairly unanimous. Right, so Paul, thank you very much for the comment. Are we going to talk about who should go for the summer? Uh, yeah, we absolutely can do. But I just want to thank you further down because I'm not I'm not a scout. I know nothing about who's available and who's not. But you very kindly come back in with some suggestions. So that's what I like to see, questions and answers. Get them in there. Craig, who are we going to sign in the summer? <laughs> I'll take it to you before actually taking it to the scout. I think that's probably the wise way. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not too clued up on it either. I think, for me, I think we need definitely one goalkeeper. I would have McCrory then as the number two because he fits the Scottish quota and he's more than capable of being the number two. And then do we get a young goalkeeper in or promote one of the B-team goalkeepers to be the third goalkeeper? Um, ideally, obviously, you need three. Um, but I think, the, for me, rather than going for two competent goalkeepers, I think we need to really go out and get one who's going to be the number one for two or three years. Um, there's a few people around, like the lad who's at Bristol City, um, but there's going to be more than enough goalkeepers around. M- Michael Beale will know the championship level, which I think is really where we're going to be looking at. We're not going to be looking, um, we're not going to be looking any, any higher than that because of the because of the money. Um, so I think I'll, I'll trust on Beale. Yeah, sorry, we've got some technical issues. Uh, mine's asked me to let you all know. I, he's still in the background. He's actually doing my heading because he keeps like muting and unmuting mics, and he's just being a general pest and like leaving comments. So seriously, if you can get your comments in and tell him to do one, I would be very much appreciated. But he said, um, right, this pod's usually a member's pod, and in order to be a member, you need to pay. So if you'd like to subscribe, and this is the quality content that you'll usually get on a Monday night or a Sunday night. Click the link, join, pay, subscribe. I'm not sure what you have to do, but it'd be very much appreciated. All the proceeds go towards making the rabble as good as it is. So because we um, <clears throat> unfortunately weren't able to, I think it was Friday, we weren't able to do one, we've decided to open this one out to the public. So I hope you're enjoying the show. Get your comments in. Again, none of you are telling Martin to like do one, so... This is this is all right. Okay, and um, we also get wisecracks. I think Andy first actually doing really <laughs> doing really well at the moment, and I think we miss him slightly. I don't know, like like yeah, like and share. Right, okay, that's Martin doing that. Martin's really getting on my nerves. I might actually bring him in. Should we bring him in? No, right. Okay. Um, next point. I don't really know what to talk about now. I'm like pretty much finished. It's like fifty minutes. Do you want to, Stuart? Like, do you want to talk talk about it amongst yourselves a little bit? No, seriously, come on. I don't want anyone on mute. Yeah, it's it's right. I like to create um, like more of a conversation vibe. I'll ask you, Scotty, who would your choice of keeper be? I don't know. I, I really don't know because like I could end up like signing Barkas or something, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a keeper with no arms or something. Do you, think, do you think we'll go overseas for a keeper? Do you think we'll stay in a bit of championship, like Craig says? Or... Do, do you know what? There are plenty of goalkeepers out there on the continent that are better than what we've got. Um, you don't need to spend fortunes. You just actually need to. I've always said, like, the, the, the problem with Rangers signing a goalkeeper isn't the fact that we can actually spot someone making saves and going on a highlight reel. 
it's the fact that they have nothing to do for 90 minutes and they have to be switched on for that one chance. It could be the first minute, it could be the last minute. But as we've seen, I know John McLaughlin as a goalkeeper is very, very competent at making saves. And he's made continually big saves in the big games where, whether it's in Europe or, or domestically, where he's actually been kept quite busy and he's like always alert. But as we've seen against Ross County, he had nothing to do and he's come for a, a cross and, and flapped it and then conceded and we conceded a goal. But that, that, that then happened five minutes later. So this is the... I mean, yeah, we've got some more wise comments here. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Donna, but that's who I'd sign. Do you know what? He's actually got the older brother as well. He's got to be about 35 now. We'll sign him instead. Ken, I, I think you said in one of the pods, you know, and I thought it was a decent shout, the, the goalkeeper he had at QPR. I um, he had a contract. I'm not sure if it's this season, next season, but obviously Mike was up to him, so... Right. You know what he's like, and he's obviously been a manager down there and been assistant as well. So you all know a lot of goalkeepers, they all know a lot of situations about contracts. And listen, there's goalkeepers even in the Premiership. I'm not talking about first choices in the Premiership, but there's second choice keepers, even third choice keepers sitting there that would do a job for us. Might be on bigger wages, but it's up to these guys to say they want to sit in money or they want to play first team football. Do you know what I mean? There is a goal out there, but I agree with Scott in a way where. Saying a keeper for Rangers is totally different than saying a goalkeeper for anybody else, maybe apart from Celtic, because you're saying a goalkeeper that makes 9, 10, 11 saves a match and then they get beat 2 or 3 0, they get man a match, that's great. But saying a goalkeeper that can all, all has to make one save, and if you don't make that save, then you're under criticism straight away. It's a different mindset, totally different pressure. So, you get keepers, I know Stuart keeps mentioning, you've got a siege goalkeeper and then you've got keepers who can just control the game. And control the game, they've got a lot of... Just, they're mindful of what they're doing in the park, do you know what I mean? In case one safe has him up. Like Alan McGregor's done for years, obviously, he's passed his best, but he done it. Gorham was good at it. Stephen Kloss was good at it. John McGoughlin's probably our side of the scale. We could probably go to him maybe like St. Martin. He was at... I think he was at Hearts in the past. I didn't I'm not sure what one it was, but he can maybe make five, six, seven saves and actually get beat. But you think he played really well, but you have to look at the other side of the scale. It's a keepers who don't do a lot, but maybe make one or two saves and you think that's what we need. Guys who are unfocused all match, but they pull off one save. And that's what we are lacking because we see the mistakes coming. Because with Rangers, you make one mistake and goal, you're likely to concede. Because that's the way it is. Whereas other teams, you can get away with it. So... I think we will be looking, but I think you need to send the best person to probably send out for a keeper is a goalkeeping coach because they know what they're looking for more than maybe scouts or other football personnel. Because goalkeeping coaches know about that side, the way they should be standing, the way they should be filming the penalty area and stuff like that. So, whoever's a goalkeeping coach at Rangers, send him ever look at a few keepers abroad or down in England or whatever and see what he can come back with. But there's guys out there we could get. I know Jack Buckman was always mentioned, but I think he's on too much money to come up here. I don't know if he would take a big wage cut to come here. I mean, I've always liked Freddie Woodman, the QPR keeper, Tony Deng as well, but a few others in England I quite like, but it's if they can change where they focus by coming to a club at Rangers, because it's a totally different mindset. You even heard uh, Todd Catmull saying it, how much difference it was coming from Norwich going down there to coming up here. You, never, I mean, you see that with a lot of boys coming up. If you're down in England, means they don't rate Scottish football down there that much, as you probably know, Craig and Scotty, but when you come up to a team like Rangers, you think, wow, this is a lot bigger than I imagined. So keepers are going to be obviously the same. Can't really argue with that. But would you would you actually look at anyone in the in the SPFL for a goalkeeper? And we've seen a couple of suggestions. Whether that's uh, Shamal George at Livingston, uh, I've seen they're, they're decent keepers. But again, I think it just goes back to the same argument: Are they actually? a right fit for Rangers I think if you look in the SPL it's for number two I don't think it's for number one and that's not been harsh to him I don't think it's for number one and then because Zander I like, I like Zander I think he's a really good keeper but I don't know if it's number one for Rangers it's a totally different mindset and different pressure and one mistake can cost you I, mean, I remember listening to Ben Foster on a podcast when he got his big transfer to Manchester United and he said he made that mistake against City in the Derby and he could never recover from that and as you've seen he didn't so it's just different playing at a point, different pressure you get. So I think you have to look at all different things saying a keeper. That's why we got close. We won the European Cup. 
mean, Chris Woods came England number one. Andy Gorham came at the start, as you probably remember, Stuart. Gorham wasn't the best. He made a lot of mistakes at the start of his career, but he came on a game and he was probably the best keeper we've ever had. And McGregor was the same. He was out alone a few times, came in, done really well, and then obviously he came back and helped us win the league again. But it's just unfortunate his age. It's against him, so we have to look for somebody. But it should have been this season, but hopefully we get it right next season. I actually think we're seeing that with McLaughlin now. I think that game at Parkhead has absolutely destroyed his his, his confidence because this was a keeper who, you know, we were quite happy to go into a Scottish Cup final with. And actually, if you remember that game, towards the end of the 90 minutes, Hearts had a couple of corners and stuff like that and he came out and he, he, you know, he, he t- took the cross ball, he released all the pressure. Now, he looks as if he's a shadow of himself. So I, 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 I buy into that as well, that, you know, playing for a club like Rangers and if you've made a mistake in a really high-profile game, it, it takes a really strong mindset to come to come back. Gorham had that. He did make mistakes very early on. But then, as like say, you know, was able to get through that really tricky start and became the best goalkeeper that we've ever had. So um, I would agree as well. I think if you're looking at SPFL, that's for a backup. I think we'll, we'll go elsewhere for a number one. Yeah, I know. I remember Daniel Everson's at Leicester City. He was a Danish number two behind Schmeichel. I don't know if he would take him up here because I know he wanted away for Leicester because he was in the getting a lot of game time. I don't know if that's worth a shout. I don't know. Hopefully Michael Beals gets somebody in mind. Hopefully he's sitting on the list of keepers <coughs> target just now because to be honest we Rangers as a club we should set me a big one last three four players for each position to see who we could get because the summer's not far away exactly this is it this is probably another separate conversation that we have about Ross Wilson and how prepared are we because we all expect that oh we we should have all these players ready when the transfer window opens, as soon as that button's pressed, he should be signed. Because it's absolutely no secret that we've been after Raskin, but it still ended up being a deadline day signing. So uh, we still have to be patient in that respect and trust the process. I know you care that you're not exactly a, a very trusting man as far as Ross Wilson goes, but we still have to trust the process. Martin actually... Um, and Rangers have had quite a lot of success in doing this, Stuart. Particularly in Europe when we come up against players in Europe and I think obviously we test uh, whether they're open or the the clubs are receptive to selling as their players. Um, Obviously the big one that I can think of is Carlos Queller. Martin suggests in the comments, the Braga keeper. Now I love a crazy keeper and he seems like he's absolutely batshit mental. I'm not sure my heart could take it, but I know he's a good keeper. But if you actually look at Braga as well, they concede about like three goals a game. So where, where does it go? Well, yeah, I, I I think that's a decent show. I mean, because I, I think he is a, a a very good keeper. I, I was quite impressed, uh, you know, when we uh, when yeah. we played him. I thought he had a, a a good few saves against us. Again, I don't know his contract situation, what it would cost to to get him here. Is he looking for? A move to a bigger league than the SPFL potentially. Okay. I think I think Rangers are a bigger club than Braga, so I think there would be an attraction from from them. Uh, whether or not he, he thought it would then be a stepping stone to go somewhere, but yeah, I mean, uh, certainly a very good keeper. Um, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be disappointed if that materialised. I was just having. I actually had a look at the other day. I'm pretty sure he's just signed a new long term contract, but in one of those, it would cost around five or six million quid to. I reckon that's how much it'll cost. And I think that's around the kind of money we're going to have to spend on a keeper. Unless, of course, there's a out-of-contract keeper or, care, as you say, a reserve keeper that's probably not in demand. If we're going for someone else's first choice, it is going to have to come at a premium. What's your thoughts, Craig? Yeah, um, the bargain keeper for me when we played them last season, didn't actually impress me very much. So he's not one that I would, I'd probably be looking at. I know he's, he's played well in the past when we've, we've played Braga. Um, he didn't really, he, he um, impressed me the first time we played Braga at Ibrox a few years ago, but not so much um, this summer. I think he was more, more focused on, um, on ruining the game. But um, yeah, I think we need to, we need to spend money, but I don't see, I don't see Rangers buying a keeper for five or six million, even if it, um, 
even if it's a keeper for sort of four or five years, I think they're going to go sort of lower, lower budget or a, or a free transfer. Um, ideally, you want someone sort of late twenties, early thirties to get a good, a good sort of decent few years out of them. I don't see us buying anyone who's really young or like Begovic was mentioned. No, it, it's the same same age as McLaughlin. Um, there's no way we're going to go for someone who's that sort of age. My output is all on mute. I wish Martin would actually do one. I, I really, really do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have such a go at him. Do my head in. It's like, it's like you, it's like your mum, just like on your way to school. It's like, all right. Have you, have you done your tie? Have you done your shirt? You, you, you you're good. It's like do one, mine. Um, but I'm actually gonna drop mine in it because Martin's like also put in the private chat behind us like um a little list of topics and i'm going to finish on this one because it's martin's idea so uh it's geo's birthday today happy birthday to giovanni van bronckhorst um try and keep it positive try and keep it positive <laughs> i'm gonna go around you all and we're all gonna finish not me you three are gonna finish on your favorite memory of giovanni van bronckhorst and get yours in the comments as well Stuart, you're on mute and uh... Well, I'll do one each from a, a, a player one. Um, probably you're being, you're being greedy now. Come on, I, yeah, well, I'll give you one each. So, um, his goal against Monaco, well, that was right. uh, that was, uh, was great, and then you know, the Europa, Europa long run to the, to the final. And you're know, like, he, right. he, did, he did demonstrate that he was a very good manager, I think, in European football. It just didn't work out domestically for him. That's that's not a memory. That's just a, a general music. You've got to be more specific. Uh, so the semi-final then. I'm running onto the park at, when at, when the final whistle went on. All the coaching staff jumping up and down. That was, that was excellent. Iconic. There you go. Right, Scott, you're not allowed to say the same one Stuart did. Obviously, I think winning the Scottish Cup, for as I know, it was the last time we won, but after the Europa League final, we were... A few bit winning the Scottish Cup, it got us a Scottish Cup back we've not had for a long time. And I probably see when he signed for us, obviously, because I think it was a big transfer at the time. Getting because we all know how good a player he was, and he was coming to Rangers, and then we could have went probably a lot of other places. But been <laughs> been getting beat with Shelburne, and then coming and he scored. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I probably I probably say I look back at that, I thought that was quite good. But he, he was a really good player for us, and he was, wherever he went, he was a class player, so you can't take that away from him. It was a fantastic footballer. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. That's a personal favourite to mine. I was actually, I was actually there, uh, unsurprisingly drunk, but I had a thoroughly, thoroughly good day. Craig, um, for me, I was in Tenerife for the week we played Braga and then Celtic in the semi-final. Um, so for me, that week was was great. Not only was I in Tenerife having a lovely holiday, uh, but I managed to see two. Rangers wins at the at one of the pubs over there, and the atmosphere on the Thursday night against Braga was unbelievable. I've never seen a, a place bouncing like that was. And then similarly on the on the Sunday when we played we played that mob, um, the full time full time um, atmosphere was was fantastic. And then I just had to go and sit in the sun for the rest of the day because um, I'd sort of tired myself out mentally by by sitting for two hours watching uh, watching us win that semi final. Yeah, some absolutely cracking memories. I, I, even this season, this season PSV away, last season that entire run. I'm gonna, I'm gonna collect them because I can, Stuart. And then obviously, you know, the the moments he's, you've got his old firm goals, like the, the, I think the, he scored the fourth when we beat them four 0 towards the end of his first season, um, second season, and, and numerous goals, whether it's against Monaco, you know, he was an absolutely fantastic player. And it was actually an absolute privilege to watch him go on and have the successful career that he did. So wishing Giovanni Van Bronckhorst a happy birthday. I'm wishing you all a fond farewell to the Sunday, to the weekend. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe and tell everyone about us because, you know, we, we just really, we really just want to be famous. So let everyone know that we're here. Um, and, have a good 
week. I shall personally see you, I think, on Tuesday. We're back tomorrow. We have some morning shows. We have some evening shows. Just tune in when you get that little notification thing. So I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.